trying to drink less alcohol, but need some extra motivation. Maybe you've tried moderation, but you keep waking up disappointed and hungover. Are you curious about sober life? Or maybe you're like us, have been alcohol free for a while and are in it for the long haul. Well, you're in the right place. I'm Meg. And I'm Bella. And our Not Drinking Today podcast is an invaluable resource to keep you motivated and on track today and beyond. We are This Naked Mind certified coaches who live in Sydney and love our alcohol-free life. And last but not least, if you enjoy the content of our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe and share it. It really is integral to getting the podcast out to those that might need it. So grab a cuppa and let's get started. Hi, She Sober Sydney listeners. I don't know about you, but I'm incredibly relieved. The holidays are over. Kids are back at school. The routine is slowly falling back into place. Thank God. Skiing holidays are tough, exhausting. Well, they are for my family anyway. Today, we are joined by Ange Chappell, founder of Mind the Sip, a mindful drinking app used by thousands of Australians and others across the world, which we'll go into, to reassess and reshape their relationship with alcohol. I love this. I love that it's all part of the alcohol freedom revolution currently taking place around the world, slowly but surely. And Ange, I read, is also a certified recovery coach, and I really want to hear a little bit about that as well as the app. Welcome, Ange. How are you travelling today? Thank you for having me, Bella. I'm well. I'm really excited about chatting with you today. I've been really looking forward to it. Oh, thank you. Me too. And in fact, Ange, you've actually got connections to Queenstown, which is where I went for my skiing holiday, uh, where we had elements of medivaced off the mountain, the flu, snow chains, um, hormonal teenagers, all playing a part of the um, exhausting holiday that I had. And look, listeners are going to be able to hear a bit of your awesome Kiwi accent. What's your connection to New Zealand and then Australia? Yes. Okay. Well, I was actually born in Australia and I grew up in New Zealand. I was only a tiny baby when I went over. I was six weeks old when I went back to New Zealand. So I grew up there, went to school and uni there. And then I moved back over in my early 20s. So I've been here just to give it all away over 20 years, giving my age away there. Yeah. Uh, So on paper, I am Australian by accent and rugby team. I'm a Kiwi. Yeah, yeah there's no shift in the rugby team, is there? And why would you? Like, why, why, why would, would you? you? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, and we are fortunate to have a place in Queenstown. We rent that out and we get to go over once or twice a year. So hopefully you can experience yeah. Queenstown again without being medievaxed out. Yeah, I need to go back and do it better. Well, that was my husband. Look, there's always one of us, and it does tend to be him on a family holiday. There's always a trip to the hospital. (laughs) Maybe a girl's trip next time then. Yes, maybe a girl's trip. But it is beautiful. You can't uh, take a bad photo in Queenstown. You're just surrounded by all those glorious mountains and the the lake. I mean, Yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful. beautiful. Like a green screen. It is. It is. You're right. Now, I'm just going to kick off with that question that we always ask on the podcast, which is, Ange, what is your relationship with alcohol? Well, my relationship with alcohol started in my teens, like it did for so many other people. Mm. And when I started out, I didn't even particularly like the taste of alcohol. I hated it, actually. I had to really force myself to drink it, which is just ironic now that 
there's this undoing uh, and recorrecting. But for mm. some people, they have a sip of alcohol and it's this love story, you know, mm-hmm. and that wasn't actually my the case for me. Yeah. But I did push on, uh, force myself to drink. And, you know, over time, it became this norm and ingrained in catching up with friends. And in New Zealand, as, you know, we mentioned I grew up there, the legal drinking age was actually 20 mm. back then. Surprising. Yes. And sensible. And, and sensible. However, it changed mm. to 18 on my actual 20th birthday. Oh, no. Ripped I off. mean, I felt completely <laughs> ripped off. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was at uni when I was 18. So attending wow. bars underage, if 18, you know, calling 18 underage was the norm. You know, you could have sex at 16 and vote at 18, but you can't drink until 20. Oh, so. Wow. Wow. Anyway, that all changed. But as you can imagine, it was common practice to get around with fake ID. And look, I remember taking it to such great lengths. We'd go to the library and we would photocopy passports and then actually no um, drivers, uh, what were they, birth certificates because yeah. they were paper, right? And then you could color copy and you could cut out the date and make it the right birth year and recopy it and give it a stamp and away you went. And if we ever got caught, I can imagine we would have been in deep trouble. That would have been incredibly fraudulent. Um, anyway, we went out like that many times. And on my actual 20th birthday, I was tapped on the shoulder by two police officers. And they said, can you come outside? We want to we want to speak to you. And they, you know, it was often that places would get raided and, you know, sort of avoid. And they said, we'd like to see some identification. And I was like, oh, my gosh yes here is my actual driver's <laughs> license not my phony yeah winning oh my goodness and then they said happy birthday and you just looked like you were having far too much fun for someone of legal drinking age <laughs> and honestly it just I would say my drinking career took off from there you know there was student yeah. bars offering tight ass Tuesdays wild Wednesdays thirsty Thursdays you know and then it's the weekend so Friday Saturday Sunday so what I had Monday off Probably. Yeah, yeah. We had jolly jugs at Pandora's uh, that were, I think, Tuesday nights, and we also had Aaron. I won't say his last name, but Aaron, who was one of the only kids that had his own printer in his own house, so he, oh, we were growing Aaron. up in Canberra. Aaron used to do our little birth certificates and then stamp them. Guess this with an original stamp. <laughs> and we used to crinkle them up and go, ah, that will get us into the private bin. At well, the this age is of shocking because I used to walk 16. into a, um, look, I think Aaron and I probably would have gone on quite well because I used to <laughs> take this colour copy into the local um, bookshop and, you know, they'd have those stamps that say like approved or official or whatever, and I'd quickly pick up one of those, stamp it with approved and walk <laughs> them out. It's that entrepreneurial um, <laughs> vision showing at a young age. Oh I love it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh. And then, look, once I entered into the workforce, drinking took on a different shape. You know, it seemed classier somehow. It was after work drinks and it was conferences and travel and team bonding, and I have vivid memories actually of sitting at our desk the morning after a particularly large night with bacon and egg rolls and sunnies on, you know, everyone there <laughs> sitting at their desk with their sunglasses on, having a, a great old laugh. <laughs> and look, I would say my next and final stage of drinking was after becoming a parent. So it was no longer as fast and loose. Mm. And I eventually stopped drinking midweek. Mm. But honestly, it was dressed up as this 
grown-up environment, you know, catch up with French champagnes and dinners out with aged bottles of red, you know, pouring yeah. over the menu and your, your budget might have got larger. But at the end of the day, it was still the same substance yeah. being consumed in excess and being neatly packaged as, I don't know, something classy when in actual fact yeah. there's nothing classy really about being a middle-aged mum of two hungover and yeah. I just thought enough is enough and I decided to change my relationship with alcohol for good. And what did you do and how did you change it? Where are you at now with it? Well, well, where I'm at now, I am firmly in the take it or leave it camp. It took a long time to get there. Yeah. Uh, I have not had alcohol in quite some time now, though yeah. I do say, you know, I would be comfortable having a glass of bubbles in celebration or a glass of red with my spaghetti bolognese, but I'm equally just as happy to have a soda Not water you. in that wine glass, really, honestly. I'm I'm no longer consumed by the the thought of will I, won't I, you know, yeah, that we, stop, et cetera. That, That's gone. Yeah. That fixated mindset where you're thinking about on the way home, you're stopping off the bottle shop or you're so you can envisage a, a great night out with your mates not having alcohol. 100%. Yeah. I have been to 30ths, 40ths, weddings, Christmas, New Year's Eve. Yeah, and they're big, you know, they're huge. They're big. What was it that made you think, oh, this is just an element of my life that I'd like to do differently at this point in time? Well, it wasn't made up of one thing. You know, it was a number of things. One of them was my son, you know, when we were in the throes of that daycare, pickup, drop-off, working, mm. you know, extended days, I used to come home and crack open a bottle of red and have a glass of red while I was making the kids dinner and then another glass while I was bathing them and then often a glass of red would come into the bedroom at night. And there was a time where I saw that and actually really caught myself and thought what an awful contrast that is yeah. next to this beautiful snuggly little boy. Uh, and that didn't happen again. And then I did cut out drinking midweek and it became an exercise of health. It uh -huh. was really about what was going in and, you know, what food I was eating and definitely wouldn't be drinking alcohol midweek. And then on the weekends, it was just, it's the weekend. Yeah. You know, it, it, I didn't think there was anything wrong with having one too many on the weekend, uh, yeah. socializing with friends, having a drink at home. It didn't cross my mind until... My son, who was about, he was probably 10 at the time, asked me, have you ever been drunk? Oh. And Yeah. And I just thought I have been given the greatest gift. You know, my kids have never seen me drunk. They haven't felt scared or embarrassed. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I mean, I'd been gearing up to it for a yeah. while. But that moment I really thought, this is it. It's a gift. I am yeah. never going to put myself in a position where they can register mum's drunk. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I hear that a lot um, when the kids hit that age. And it is often around the 10-year-old 10, 10 mark when you're, they're actually looking at you and you can tell that they're watching mm. your behaviour uh, that can really cause that obvious discomfort. You can't kind of get away with it like you had been when they were much younger running around. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I and I was much in the same basket as well. I started noticing and uh, my story obviously took a very long meandering, different path to yours. 
but um yeah I, they notice and are you um one of the only ones in your friendship group that has made this decision to would you say drink more mindfully or how yeah, would you how would you describe it yeah yeah, well, I mean, it is drinking mindfully. It's not much at all really now, but it did start mm. off that way. And, yes, I am the first in my group but not the last. There mm. is a lot that are now following suit, which is just amazing, oh, especially because that's how we connected. You know, it was always over drinks. And we had a um, – my husband and I had a couple over on the weekend and it was just sensational. It my husband and I and my friend, we're all doing dry July. Now, dry, I mean, dry July for me, it's pretty it's, easy. You got it it's worked yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is also um, encouraging the other Mind the Set community members along the way as well. And my husband, I mean, he he hasn't really, he's pushed the brakes, but he still drinks, you know, and so yeah. it's really nice to actually do that together. So we had this other couple come over and three of the four weren't drinking. Amazing. It was amazing. Like it it was exactly like any other night we would have with them. It yeah. was, you know, lots of funny stories flowing. We watched the rugby. Yeah. We watched Australia lose. <laughs> well, what's new there? <laughs> um, it was great. And, you know, you do, you wake up the next day just feeling content in your heart, just thinking yeah. that was an amazing connection. Nobody said anything inappropriate or if we did, we were sober when we said it, you know. <laughs> It wasn't fueled by yeah, by yeah. any substance. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so much fear associated with going into social situations that you're so used to going into yeah. charged and fueled with alcohol. It is scary when you're yeah. first doing that. It is nerve-wracking and you sort of think, why am I doing this? Is this <laughs> really necessary? But every time you go to another event, where you used to drink alcohol and you don't, you do leave feeling empowered. Yeah. And yeah, really connected. Yeah. And it takes one. Like you need you do need one person that is going to be that brave trailblazer to be alcohol free and to show the rest of them that you can still have fun and you can mm. still come out oh having if not a better time and that's magnetic that that is contagious and yeah. and I've found the same in my friendship groups as well and also in my family they've also done the same thing and in my husband we were also that couple that used to really like we used to spend so much money on alcohol uh, yeah yeah but you know that it sits well because you know that um, you're doing the right thing because it's reinforced with how good you feel. And Absolutely. Yeah. So you do you're doing it for a reason, as as am I. And it only gets better, I think. Uh and I'd have read uh on your site, I believe, that you're a recovery coach. Is yeah. this um work that you're still doing, or have you moved fully now into the the realm of your mind the SIP app? Yeah, well, I've linked it into the app. So a recovery coach is somebody at the other end of addiction. So that mm. can be for alcohol or drugs. It's somebody who is similar to a life coach effectively, but specifically for addiction. So somebody yeah. who's come out the other end and they need accountability and guidance and for somebody to check in. And all of that is encompassed inside the app. Uh, it's yeah. intertwined really. Yeah. And I just wanted to create 
an app environment because it's personal and private. Some people don't want that one-on-one chat or phone calls. Some people need it and thrive in that. But other people want to do it quietly and privately in the comfort of their own home without making any big announcement or promises. Yeah, you just want to dip the toe in quietly uh, because there is that great fear. People are terrified with letting anybody else know that they might be drinking too much. So, And rightfully so because you do worry that you are going to let yourself down and you feel like if you've inserted other people into that arena, mm. you're going to be letting more people down and then you feel like you're even more of a failure. So if you yeah. can do it privately and quietly on your own terms, it's a game changer, really. Yeah, yeah. And then wait till you feel comfortable uh, and then people are just going to notice that you sort of changed your lifestyle and then you can talk a bit more about it, sort of flows quite naturally. I'd love to hear about this app and what led you to create it and just explain what it does because I've I've had a look around in it and it it really is this wonderful world that you've created for people that want to jump in and learn about alcohol and do a whole host of other things so it's got great functions in there it does oh thank you Bella that means a lot um yeah well basically I created mind the set for those people who wanted to change their relationship with alcohol but they just weren't sure where to start you know, where they've made that decision. Okay, I'm, I'm sick of waking up hungover. I feel anxious. I'm making poor choices, et cetera. But what do I do? Like, where do I go from here? Mm. And it was the type of thing I was looking for when I was wanting to make the change. I found when I was looking for an app, it's once again, speaking to the privacy of it, I wanted to do it quietly and on my own terms. And I could only find sober apps at the time. And when you are first mm. starting out, where they counted sober days, you know, yeah. how many days you've been sober. And when you're first starting out, the thought of never having a drink again is really quite confronting. And yeah. I didn't see myself in those. And so I went it alone. I wrote in my journal. I planned and I tracked my drinks because I tapered down. I listened to podcasts, ordered books, did some meditation and mindfulness, read tons of blogs. And I mean, I think you would agree with me that the sober curious movement is the most yeah. supportive, encouraging little pocket of the internet. Yeah, there's always a, a yeah crew there ready to cheer you on. There is. Yeah. So I, you know, I followed a lot of accounts that, you know, inspired me. And over time, I successfully reduced and I gained confidence. And when I got to the point where people were saying, what have you been doing? Like, tell us, you know, what you've done to get from Mm. where you were to where you are now. And I thought, I am going to consolidate all of these resources and put it into an app and build the app that I was looking for at the time. So that's how it came about. So Yeah. yeah, it is, it's littered with all of these different resources that you can access, they're all free. And then because I really wanted to have a place for people that was accessible immediately, you know, without a paywall. Now there is a paid element inside there if they want to go deeper, Mm. but they can certainly get a ton of resources straight off the bat with one download. And when you think about your app what's your most favorite bits about it 
I'm most proud of the alcohol-free day tracking. I love it because it does give you that real push and the daily messaging. So every day I get sent a message saying, hi, you can choose to get it at 9 a.m. or 5 p.m. And I get it at 9 a.m. every morning and it says, hi, was yesterday an alcohol-free day? And it feels so satisfying to say, yes, it was. (laughs) And it says, well done. We have added that to your streak. And I'm like, yes, just take a little look at my streak. What happens if you say no? Is it kind to you? It is very kind to you. It says, have you updated your drinks in the calendar? And yeah. if it's if you say yes, it says, well done on keeping yourself accountable. If, if you say no, it then says, would you like to update your drinks now? And then it takes you through to the calculator and it stores yeah. it for you. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. I love the journal functionality as well. So on the home screen, there's a little quick add button and you can quickly add a drink in the moment if you are having a drink in the moment, or you can add a journal entry. And I love that because sometimes triggers or wins or whatever are fleeting. There's something that it's just in that moment and you just want to take stock of it. You know, you're yeah. not always going to have a pen and paper and, you know, you don't want to have to use your your notes and your phone. So you pop it in there and it stores it for you and you can go back and you can reflect on those. And when you feel yourself wavering or you wonder, why am I doing this? Did I really have a problem? I don't actually know why I'm on this trajectory. You can go back to your little journal entries and go, oh, no, I, I did. And I did find that part hard or I did really enjoy going to that function and yeah, that's Coming clever. Yeah, just so a little I, gentle reminder of where you were at, why you yeah. why you're here in the first place. Yep. I love that. And then if you are planning an event ahead of time, so this is for people that are trying to reduce. So they might have 10 drinks in a night and they have decided they want to have two. They're going to try their hand at that. They can plan ahead and they can put in their planned drinks and update it with their actuals, which is a nice accountability. So there is an an accountability feature in there that says, keep me accountable. And half an hour into your event, we send you a message saying, how are you tracking? (laughs) All right. And it pops up. You're like, oh gosh, you. And you're like, oh, (laughs) um, you know, I'm, I'm on track or I'm wavering. And then we give you strategies. And then we also say, do you want us to touch base with you in the morning? And you can say yes or (laughs) no. Or no. Yeah, no. I don't know where I'll end up. I know where I'll be. Yes. So. Oh, that's fantastic. The accountability features I'm really proud of. The journal and the alcohol-free day tracking. Yeah. yeah, they're three goodies that I haven't heard before in other apps. And and what would be a strat- an example of a strategy? So just say you're 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 out and you're falling. Oh, not going to say falling off the wagon, but you're struggling. There's a bit of an urge. What what well, what's a strategy? Well, there's tons in there because we really drill down on what it is that you're finding hard. So we actually say what what is it that you're finding hard? And it could be people keep topping me up. Uh, top shelf drinks are on offer. I'm feeling socially awkward. There's there's a there's tons you can choose. That would from. be mine. I would be like, yes. yeah, social awkward. No, yeah, it's a yeah. bit of a pick a path. You know, you remember those books where you used to sort of choose yeah, your own choose your adventure. Yes. Yeah, so there's different strategies for different uh, emotions, or you know, however you're feeling in in the moment. You know, some, one of them are alcohol-free alternatives. Some of yeah, them yeah. are even just not not accepting rounds or not accepting the top-up. You know, isn't that a crazy one where people are very politely topping you up? 
they're doing the right thing. Yeah. But it can be your undoing. And I remember in the early days, I said to my husband, please don't top me up and please don't buy me any drinks. And I know it goes against the natural uh, act of kindness and courtesy and just manners, but I don't want it. I don't need it. I really want to be in control and know how much I'm drinking. He said, sure. It took a little while. He'd, you know, go to top me up. No. Oh, okay. No, no, don't. I won't top her up. And that can really be an undoing because if you've gone in with an intention, with the intention to have one glass of bubbles and you're sitting on that for a whole hour and you're comfortable with doing so, yeah. but somebody has t- topped that up four times, well, have you had one or have you had four? <laughs> four, yeah. I would always have had four. Um, what about the community piece? Uh, is there an element of the app that has the ability for people to interact and encourage each other along? Yeah, there is. So that is for our paid subscribers. And that is purely a privacy reason. You know, these people have put themselves out there and they want that additional support and chat back and forth. But for me, it was important that that was a paid area just to keep it secure and safe and for people to actually feel that they can share honestly without any judgment uh, or worry that somebody from their family or community might be in that group. Yeah, yeah. And it's forever evolving. There's a lot of different things in there. There's people that are recommending alcohol-free alternatives. We have people that are jumping on and celebrating their wins for dry July. We have people who are moderating and that are talking about their wins in that realm. In fact, 80% of our users are moderating. They start off as wanting to reduce and 20% are wanting to just go straight to zero. That does not mean that their goals don't change. Absolutely. Yeah. I would have been in that camp, certainly, you know, uh, and it gives them that feeling of control. So we've actually built it around the medical guidelines. So in New Zealand, that's the National Health, sorry, in Australia, that's the National Health and Medical Research Council guidelines. Yeah. And in New Zealand, it's tailored to their health guidelines, right? So in Australia, for men, women, non-binary, it's actually 10 standard drinks per week for in any one day. Now, when we were just, deep, yeah. yeah. When we were deep in our drinking, Bella, that would have been like ten drinks a week and standard ones too. You know, that's that's nothing. We could probably do that in a night. But yeah. now, when you have actively reduced and educated yourself on what alcohol does to your body and your mind and your overall well-being, you think it's a lot. 10 isn't drinks? It? But you're right, Ange, because anybody that is starting out on the whole drinkless um, experience particularly when they come to coaching or when they're starting dry July, they always want to know that they can come back to moderate. But you would never discourage that, would you? Because it keeps the momentum going for them. And, well, no. Yeah, and many exactly. people can moderate. Yeah. Yeah, many can. But for so many, it's a slippery slope to excess. You know, yeah. there's just no point. Uh, they would rather have none than one. But it takes some time getting there, you know, yeah. I'm guessing that 20% that download the app and their goal is to go to zero immediately, they have probably no doubt tried moderating in the past and found it a struggle. Absolutely. 
Um, now, and with your app, where would you like to see it grow? What's on the horizon for um, for the business? Well, we only just launched in Australia in March, so it's really new. Oh, it's such a, yeah, it's a brand new baby. Yeah. yeah. And then in New Zealand just earlier this month. So we've already had huge growth by, you know, launching in New Zealand three and a half months later. And as I said, it's custom built. So there is a custom built calculator inside based on the country's standard drinks, et cetera. So it's, yeah. it's quite involved. So right now we are just currently focusing on growing in this market. And then there are certainly talks of expanding to the US and the UK. But yeah. for now we're focusing on growing Australia and New Zealand. And New Zealand. And can I ask you, and I probably cut you off before, what's New Zealand's uh, drinking limits? They week? are different. They are different yeah. actually. So for men and women, oh, sorry, for, for men, it is 15 standard drinks per week. And for women and non-binary, it is 10, same as Australia. Ah, right. Okay. They also have recommendations of two alcohol-free days per week. Ah. But then I think, you know, if you're looking at 10 standard drinks across the week in Australia, you could almost apply that same theory. Uh, And what's your take on um where we're at now for example in Australia why do you think it's all sort of gaining momentum at this point there tends to be a whole lot more out there around inspiring people to drink less well I absolutely love it yeah get it twisted it's fantastic I think the more (laughs) people the better yeah um yeah it's inspiring like you said it allows visibility you know Mm. that wasn't necessarily there for us or maybe it was and our blinkers were on Um, but this sober curious movement, it just allows people to approach social situations with the confidence to say no to a alcoholic beverage and for it not to be stigmatized. I don't think it is as much anymore. You see people having light beers, zero beers, et cetera, without question. And I mean, I personally love the rise in alcohol-free alternatives. For me, they're a game changer. They provide social inclusion, which you know, is always a win. For some people, they find them counterproductive. And it's funny because you often come up against people who say, but why would I drink an alcohol-free knockoff effectively? Like if it doesn't have the alcohol in it and I'm not going to be getting drunk from it, why would I bother? And I love to say that's why. Yeah. That's why you bother because you're actually trying to seek something that you're going to get wasted from. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. So that, for that reason, you should try yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, what are you? Also, yeah, you go, Ange. I was going to say, also people say that they're full, full of calories and they're super sugary, but in actual fact, they aren't because in the process of building this drinks calculator inside the app, it does calculate your calories for those people who are interested. And compared next to the alcohol-free counterparts, they are hugely, they're so much higher in calories, and, the alcohol, and, you know, the full strength alcohol. Like we said before, that little pocket of the internet, that's how I got started actually. I looked up hashtag sober curious and I was flooded with accounts and thought, yeah. oh, I might just do a little follow and follow along for a little bit. And, and it slowly, slowly caught on. Yeah. What's your go-to non-alcohol beverage? 
I have a few. I love plus and minus. So for yeah. wines, yeah. yeah, I find wines are really hard to replicate. You know, yeah, I haven't this. been able to do it so well. No, 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 yeah. no. But your taste buds do change because I used to love red wine so much. It really was my go-to. And my husband and I went out for dinner the other night and I had an alcohol-free liars. It was beautiful. And he was having yeah. a glass of red with his meal. And I had a sip. I said, oh, can I, can I try it? He said, oh, you should try this. I had a sip. And honestly, Bella, I just, I could appreciate it was probably a very nice drop, but it was like, oh, this is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Your taste buds revert. I think they're reverting back to that teenager that I was talking about who didn't particularly like the taste of alcohol and had to really force myself to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, I think you're spot on, Ange. Like, and I can remember um, spending thousands on a course, a wine appreciation course, uh-huh. uh, where you're kind of just talking yourself into wanting to enjoy it. It becomes like a hobby, doesn't it, like collecting something where you're, totally. you're trying to guess where the grapes come from, was it cool climate, hot climate, all the rest of it. Yeah, I always got quite a giggle actually at wine tours. Like they're so wanky really, aren't they? You know, like, oh, it's just so cringe. It's like, um, I can hear, I can really taste the notes of the gooseberries. (laughs) You know, oh, it's just so cringe. And, you know, they always started out quite refined and then ended up, you know, falling over in a vine somewhere. Yeah, I I never used the, is it a spittoon? I never spat it out again. Yeah, the spittoon. Oh, that's so funny. But, yeah, getting back to the alcohol-free. So so the replicas of wine, they're a really hard one to create, but I do like the plus and minus because they use grape skin extract instead of grape juice. So they're a little bit bitter, and I like that. It's not so sweet. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to ready to drinks, I do love a good margarita. There's, you know, there's a few of those on 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 the go. Um, the smug, I don't know if you've tried smug AF and also Via. Yes. Yeah. They're beautiful. Love the Via drinks. They're good. And smug, I have liked as well. Yeah, no, they're goodies. Yeah, they're goodies. So, I mean, I, I personally like margaritas. So those those are my go-tos. But And liars, you can't go past it. I mean, I just love the social inclusion when you are out at a restaurant or a bar and you can always spot a liars. It's so yeah. fantastic. It's like, yes. Um, and an alcohol-free beer is something that I, I actually love yeah. when I'm at the AFL. Then you can kind of, it seems to add to the ambience. But um, it's funny that you mentioned the red wine uh, that you had a and you had a sip of your husband's and it didn't taste so well. When I was in Queensland, exhausted, tired, and the fire was on, and you had that kind of whole snow village vibe. I did have for the first time. Oh, Queenstown, you mean? Queenstown, sorry, Queenstown. Yeah. And I had that moment of, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a big glass of red wine? Um, and I obviously didn't, but I, I just sort of thought, well, what is it that I'm wanting? What am I seeking from this moment? It's obviously some kind of image that is filtered down from an mm. ad or you know having done it many years ago and of course I was very happily just had a an, an alcohol-free beard it was fine but mm. um I'm sure like you had I had a sip I would have just thought that wasn't what I was after that, no, that wasn't that no. wasn't what I was chasing yeah. no I mean it, it exactly it, it takes a while to rewire your brains and yes. for me it's funny you talk about the cold and sitting by a fire and 
Mine's the opposite. Mine's a sunny day, a warm, beautiful, sunshiny day. And I think, God, I love an Aperol spritz. But now that's really easy because you can. You can. I mean, the cocktails are easy to mimic because uh, a good alcohol-based cocktail doesn't taste of alcohol. It tastes like a complex of, you know, complex flavours. And that's what you're after, aren't you? Kind of a sophisticated, complex taste that can just mark the end of the day or the start of relaxed time. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't have to be alcohol. And the other ones that aren't replicas, look, I mean, this sounds like some sort of promotional tour for alcohol-free drinks. <laughs> it does. But look, it's um, Itch Sparkling. They are great yes. as well. Yeah, Absolutely. because they're just uh, Australian botanicals yeah. that yeah. are not a replica of alcohol at all. But yeah, you glad you a, mentioned it. You know, yeah, an alcohol-free drink. And a yeah. nice adult wine glass with ice and a garnish or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, where... Could people find you if they're um, wanting to find this app and learn more about it? Well, they can jump into the Apple or Google Play stores. So if they search Mind the Sip, we will yep. come up in Australia and New Zealand. And we have a website, mindthesip.com.au. We are actually redirecting that to .com so because we have a .com.au and a .co.nz, but uh, we're going to consolidate. So yeah. Anywhere you go, it's going to redirect you to the right place. And you can find us on social, so Facebook or Instagram with the handle at MindTheSip. That is so good. And just want to say thank you so much for popping onto our pod, uh, just informing our listeners about uh, your app, uh, where they can find it and what it does. It just adds a whole other element to people's sober practice, people who's wanting to cut back, and just wanting to add a, another layer to keep them on track to meet their goals. So it's been a pleasure meeting you as well, Ange. Thank you so much for having me, Bella. I've absolutely loved it. You're welcome. If you don't already know, in addition to our podcasting work, we are each sobriety coaches with our own separate businesses, helping people to drink less. If you or a loved one want to take a break from alcohol, we invite you to have a look at our individual websites. Meg's is glassfulfilled.com.au and Bella's is isabellaferguson.com.au. So take the next step that feels right for you.